the first rule of remakes, Jill. Don't fuck with the original. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Pop Culture Disorder, the podcast that picks a pop culture topic out of my proverbial brain that is pop culture obsessed, and we discuss it with examples and uh, points to help elaborate on it and prove my point uh, in ways that hopefully you find entertaining. At the very least, you know, you can uh, share in my uh, weird brand of off-kilter uh, love of pop culture. Now, before we get to the show itself, I do want to mention the sponsor of this show, the amazing Shaker and Spoon. So Shaker and Spoon, you may have heard of them, you may have not have heard of them, but basically what they do is they will provide you, the listener, with a great set of um, uh, like I, ingredients, I guess is the proper term, because they don't actually send you like the alcohol. They send you the ingredients to make cocktails. Now, you still have to go out and get your own alcohol, but again, I like this. I've mentioned this on previous episodes. I prefer going out and getting the liquor that I like. I don't like having to go and, you know, use this liquor that maybe I'm not a big fan of. You know, sometimes people will get the cheap stuff or they'll like be like, oh, let's use the really expensive stuff and drive out the price. I've got my my taste and i like to keep it that way so what you do is you go sign up for shaker spoon they send you everything including the recipe card you just have to buy the alcohol and then what you do is you can make quality craft cocktails and it makes you look like an amazing champion like you may look like the world's best bartender with putting in minimal effort so check out shaker and spoon.com uh, they send you everything you need bitters uh, syrups, uh, sometimes other kind of ancillary things that you may need to make your cocktail. So they send you everything. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Uh, but with that, let's get to the uh, episode itself. This week we're going to be talking about film remakes better than the original. And here's the thing. I know what you're saying. You're like, oh, Curtis, talk about remakes. Remakes are the plague. They're the worst. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe some of these are actually pretty decent movies. Remakes get a lot of flack, and in some cases, justifiably so. But there are some remakes who are actually, or which are actually better than the original. And I'd argue that in some cases, they're actually a little bit more enjoyable. Maybe they take some plot elements that maybe didn't work, or maybe some visual ideas that didn't quite work, and they re-kind re of envision it. And again, most cases, remakes are not the greatest, but in some cases, a movie kind of maybe needs a remake and it actually works out quite well so i'm not necessarily saying that these are like the best movies out there but these are remakes that are better than the original film so let's get into this and talk about the first film on uh, the list here and clark was human huh which makes you a murderer don't it palmer now This is pure nonsense. Doesn't prove a thing. I thought you'd feel that way, Gary. You were the only one that could have got to that blood. We'll do you last. Get away from me! What is it? Okay, so that's the 1982 remake of The Thing. So the original movie, The Thing from Another World, is arguably not the best movie. It, it really feels dated watching it. I mean, when your villain is basically a dude that looks like a walking carrot, then yeah, it's not scary or even suspenseful in the slightest. And not even really exactly faithful to the source material either. So when John Carpenter approached the project, he said, 
this has to be more faithful to the source material because the source material material is amazing and it needed to be done justice. Um, sorry, I meant uh, the thing from another world is the title of the original movie. I might have actually said something else. So, um, anyways, uh, so he kind of said, no, it's got to be more faithful. It, 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 and it does so in a way where it explores, explores paranoia in a meaningful way uses a great cast of characters um it just generally just tries to challenge you as the viewer into understanding that it's not just a movie that you know for the sake of being you know a scary movie is a scary movie they know it does touch upon themes of paranoia fear terror and it does so in a way that really is suspenseful and actually is meaningful instead of just being a dumb horror movie um and I think it still is in the conversation of a lot of fans just because it is a very ambiguous film and it's a film who, which is ending in particular is so ambiguous. So it's a movie that you know people will still discuss today and still think about today because it's a movie that still sticks with us. Nobody in, in, that I know of, maybe you're the one person out there that does this, is you know still talking about that original film because it's just not as memorable. It doesn't use those themes in a meaningful way it's more of a kind of one and done film and you know for what it is i don't think it's the worst thing in the world but when you're talking about a film like the thing from 1982 it's a film that takes that original premise and actually does something meaningful with it and again it's meaningful in a way where it's still being talked about today so that's an impressive feat and again this is a remake we're talking about so uh let's move on to the next film here is this all we bought to drink no heineken or anything Fuck that Euro shit. This is Paps Blue American Ribbon, my friend. You do realize this camp was closed down like 20 years ago. Some woman, she went fucking nuts. Killed all these counselors. Blamed them for her son's drowning. He was like deformed or uh, retarded or something. <laughs> Mom got hers. Uh, apparently there was one survivor. This girl... She cut that lady's head off with a machete. It gets weirder. Sure it does. Her son, Jason, he came back. He was actually there. He watched his mom being beheaded. Actually, a friend of mine, he went to camp around here. Oh, he went to camp around here. He said the cops came, they were looking for that Jason guy. Every, you know what? Don't believe me. Nobody does. Don't believe me. But I'm pretty sure the way the story goes, uh -huh. the place is called Camp Crystal Lake. Do you know how many lakes are probably called Crystal Lake? Crystal geyser, crystal water. Go to a supermarket. Every single bottle of water is, is crystal something. Aquafina. The, okay, fine. Okay. The story could have happened anywhere, dude. It's That's how they get little kids to shit themselves. How's that beer treating you, beer snob? Better than my own piss. You can drink that, by the way. Yours, what? hers, hers, mine, your every swear to God, it's piss is sterile. For the record, you will never drink my piss. That's what okay. you think. Okay, welcome back. So that's Friday the 13th, 2009. And I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for this because first off, it's Friday the 13th. People are not the biggest fans of this franchise to begin with. Also, too, a lot of people are... Uh, even if you're a fan of this franchise, like I am, some people, some fans out there will argue that this is not a good film and that you know what here's the thing okay first off yes it's platinum dunes uh yes it's michael bay uh brad fuller all those guys here's the thing it's actually not a bad movie and here's why 
Friday the 13th, by the time I got around to this movie, was 11 films in. It was a mess. Um, I couldn't really recommend any of the, the movies to, like, for first-timers, because if you'd never seen these movies before, and, you know, I've seen them all, like, at least, like, 20 times each, because I love this franchise, but um, if you're never, if you've never seen this movie, you know, watching the second or third or fourth film or whatever, I mean, as entertaining as they may be, they're dated 80s slasher film films and even the sixth film in the franchise which i enjoy is one that uh i enjoy and i think i find it's quirky and it's got its fun little traits but it's not exactly a movie that i would say hey go watch this one right away what i like about the remake is that it honors and cherishes uh, a lot of the things about the franchise like very much in the first little part of the movie you get baghead jason which is like sort of like the first real iconic look of jason before the hockey mask and then you get to like the, the hockey mask jason and all that stuff and it's it's a really kind of cool homage both visually and through the story beats and i think all in all it was actually like pretty well done in terms of taking the idea of who jason is and taking his story and condensing it into like a 90 minute film uh, which is very like well paced has one of the best like intro sequences like before even the, the uh, title card plays like you get this amazing cam sequence which I played a clip of uh, before we started here and that like just sets up the movie so well like in terms of like the humor the boobs uh, and the uh, just terror that Jason uh, causes like the kills in that uh, intro sequence alone are some of the best kills in a Friday the 13th movie period uh, let alone uh, just in this film here. So, <clears throat> um, I, I, I and again, I know people don't like this film because, uh, you know, some people will argue, oh, I can't relate to these uh, these teens or whatever, or these college students. And you know what? Maybe that's the case. But you know what? At the same time, too, like, it's more modern. Um, I personally, like, I can relate to these characters at least to a degree. Uh, so I don't have any problem with that. Um, and I think it's just a well rounded simple story again you don't have to have watched uh the 11 other films or 12 other films to get this one you just need to watch this movie and that's all you need and it gets you that per that story perfectly across and in a lot of ways it's actually better than probably a good half or two-thirds of the movies out there so I, I think it definitely should get points at least at the very least for being better than most of those other films and definitely better than the original friday the 13th in my opinion all right let's get on to the next choice here this is that's what it's all about, Manny. Eating, drinking, fucking, sucking, Come on, man. <laughs> snoring, that one. That one. That one. You're 50, you got a bag for a belly, you got tits, you need a bra. They got hair on them. You got a liver. They got spots on it, and you're eating this fucking shit. You're looking like these rich fucking mummies in there. Well, it's not so bad. Could be worse, no? This what it's all about? Forget it. Forget it. This what I work for? Don't. Go on, Okay, so bringing us in is Scarface. And Scarface is a movie that, very similar to The, to the Thing, uh, had a movie out in like the 40s, 50s, or whatever. And it just, I mean, it's a fine movie, gangster flick, but I don't think it really holds up well or even really kind of captures the essence of what the story is trying to do. So 
uh, Scarface comes along, and um, I think what Brian De Palma did with the movie was he modernized it and just sort of made it more exciting. And I think it's kind of funny that like the movie has been sort of taken over by like gangster types and like young teenagers and stuff because like it's actually a pretty good movie but i feel like it just it is a movie where people just tend to avoid it for the sort of cliche nature that it is and it's it's actually a pretty good movie like i recently recently rewatching it was actually kind of what spurred me to uh take on this idea for this uh episode where i was like you know what like i'll just watch scarface i hadn't seen it in a while I'm like, wow, like, this is a really good remake, and it actually is better than the original, and so it sort of spurred this list. Um, Al Pacino does a great job, and, uh, you know, the movie just sort of escalates in a way where it's like, it just really ramps up, and Brian De Palma is, like, one of my favorite directors, uh, and um, it's a movie that sort of just gets better and better, and they're doing a remake now, and I question as to why. I mean, they really kind of hit perfection with the original, but who knows, maybe Diego Luna, who is uh, in the title role, uh, will be able to do it justice. I'm not too sure. I'm not 100% confident, but we'll see how that goes. But uh, you know what? For what it's worth, the original, or sorry, the uh, Scarface from the 80s is like still one of the best movies out there, uh, and arguably one of the best gangster flicks, although I probably would put it under Goodfellas just for uh, nostalgia's sake. But let's move on to the next point here. My ear. No. I'm scared. Okay, so that's The Fly, uh, another kind of horror movie that was a redux of uh, original, like, 40s and 50s. And you'll see that with a lot of these movies where it's like, it's been 30, 40, 50 years since that movie was made, so they kind of approach it with sort of like a fresh pair of eyes. And I think that's kind of like the idea with a remake. It's like you can do a great remake if it really does modernize an idea that was otherwise dated. Uh, and The Fly is a prime example of this. The movie, the original, was sort of a bit of an absurd movie. I mean, if you even watch scenes in this movie, you can just see like sort of the absurd like you know when they were thinking the fly the idea is like they pretty much put like a fly mask on the actor and he pretty much looks like a fly it's it's really absurd uh and what uh they did with this remake is that it sort of works as like a really i mean in terms of body horror it's like top of its class just in terms of how terrifying it actually is great movie uh you know but just as a body horror piece it's amazing because like as you sort of see Brundlefly sort of decompose over time. And by the end of the movie, he's just like a walking shell of a human being or whatever he is supposed to be. Um, I mean, it, it's just an amazing film. And Cronenberg took this concept and he, again, modernized it. And I think that's what works so well with these movies is like it's a modernization of an existing concept and it works so well. Um, and again, if you go watch the original now, it's just like absurd to just see it like a dude with a fly mask on. But I digress. Let's move on to the final film and then we'll just wrap this up. Cranberry juice. It's a natural diuretic. My girlfriend drinks it when she's got her period. What do you get, your period? Hey, hey, hey.
But I'm the guy that tells you there are guys you can hit, and there's guys you can't. Now, that's not quite a guy you can't hit, but it's almost a guy you can't hit. So I'm gonna make a fucking rolling on this right now. You don't fucking hit him. You understand? Yeah, excellent. Fine. 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 About The Departed. And The Departed is, in my opinion, with the best remake. Okay? If we're just going, like, all time here, best remake. Not only was Internal Affairs... I mean, Internal Affairs is a decent movie, but it went under a lot of people's radar. And it's like, I can see why people wouldn't necessarily be attracted to it. It is like a Hong Kong crime uh, movie, and it's like, it, it's good, but it's also like, for a lot of people, like, language barriers can be a big thing with movies, you know? And like, personally, myself, I, I it's not a big deal. Like, I watch movies like Old Boy and all that all the time, just because it's like, I'm fine with it. But I know a lot of people, it's a huge barrier to watching a movie. Um, but anyways, Internal Affairs was good, but then Martin Scorsese came along and wanted to make The Departed, and he takes this movie and modernizes it, adds a fucking amazing cast, and then he creates, like, basically a, a crime classic, essentially. Um, and not only is it memorable for the fact that he took this, like, kind of obscure film and made a remake of it, but this is the first remake ever to win an Oscar, Best Picture Oscar. Um, I mean, there's other remakes out there. Um, and later, the Coen brothers would remake True Grit, and that would get nominated. But The Departed was the first to win. And it it's really kind of phenomenal that like it, it could take a remake and make it so well that it surpasses the original and actually ends up being a more accepted film overall. So... That's it for Pop Culture Disorder. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. I hope you appreciated this episode. Uh, always, uh, you know, remember to uh, like and subscribe the podcast. Uh, you can go to Twitter and Facebook, Three Angry Nerds. That's where we're at. Uh, check out our other podcasts at threeangrynerds.com, including the titular Three Angry Nerds podcast. That's our sort of, like, mainstay. And then we have a few others, Three Angry Gamers, Tremble, uh, all these other podcasts, uh, Netflix and review, which I'm not on, but my good friend Lee is, that's a great show to check out as well. So go check out all these other shows on the network and, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye for now.